Thorn in Your Side is a podcast recorded on the various lands of First Nations peoples, land that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. While there's air that is breathed and water that nourishes and provides, ownership of this land remains unresolved. Respects are paid to elders past and present in the ongoing quest for self-determination and reclamation of land. Welcome to Thorn in Your Side. My name is M. Other people tend to call me Michael, but on the interwebs, I am more familiar as M. And with me, I've got old mate John. How's it going, John? It's going good. How are you doing? All right. Um, I've got to say, though, I think uh, looking back on this, is I think uh, if you're going to finish a degree in pandemic times, uh, allow for one month's hangover. So you did a master's, so you did a thesis. Yep. And now there's going to be a thesis-shaped hole in your life <laughs> um, for, for a little while now. Uh, it did kind of get filled up, actually, in the last two weeks. I've been trying to um, work out what the fuck's going on with my internet service provider. It's been one case of trying to work out what the problem is, and then it basically mushrooms because you're trying to have a chat with IT support, and you know the, the communication skills might necessarily be on par with the technical expertise. That has been my new hobby for two weeks. Doesn't sound like a very exciting hobby. I'm not. I'm not jealous at all. No. Huh? No. In these pandemic times, I, I reckon that's the closest you're going to get to, to like some sort of like Indiana Jones shit. Like if you're going to do it, do it inside, you know. It's certainly, God, man, trying to survive this without, you know, working from home and all that stuff. Just the, the needing good internet has just been so essential, which is, as I'm saying it, it sounds like such a upper class, oh my God, imagine living without my Netflix and without my... But it's just become such an essential service to be able to to work so many different jobs and be able to study, which, you know, is certainly something then I think when we talk about post-pandemic, which maybe we will, maybe we won't, um, you know, it's exposed certainly people who have really poor internet. Because we've been working remotely at my work, uh, I think uh, we're, we're, we're a very close-knit bunch, um, close-knit enough where it's like, you know where it's like you're, you're in a family setting and people would just do these absolutely inappropriate things to you in your family, but you know the love is there? And I was just I was worried you were just going to reveal some, some abuse or something. You know, would family do these things to you? And oh, Well, I'm in a safe space, John. <laughs> um, I don't see any puppets on your butt. Do but. you, are you referring to the type of teasing and bullying Maybe bullying is the wrong word. Yeah. The sort of teasing and fun that you can have with your family that if you did it to other people would would probably be written up and sent to HR. Yeah. Well, let me offer you this example. So with, with my workplace, um, it, we have, because everyone's been working remotely, although we're, we're gradually trying to get back into the office now. Um, so at one point we were definitely relying upon doing stuff remotely and, um, we did, we used Microsoft Teams, um, you know, the Microsoft version of Zoom, and um, we would do morning and afternoon check-ins. Um, we still do it a little bit, but before it was a lot more intense because everyone's working remotely. So we're all there, and I keep piping up and talking about stuff, and I do pranks and stuff, like I, I, I stir the pot, but there's definitely a liberal usage of the boot button, 
So if people just have Jacobus, like I just get booted and then I just go back in. So and and that's meant to tell you that you you've breached the social norm and you need to be booted from the meeting. Yeah. And of course you can come straight back into the meeting. Yeah. But the booting has actually taught you the lesson. You're aware, okay, I I I I've stepped over a line. No. No. <laughs> no. no. I think it's gotten to the point where, like, they just marvel at the fact that I can just basically come back into it, like, 10 seconds later and nothing has changed. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's become this codependent thing where they'll just boot me and then one day he'll come around, but then I, I come around, but just I, for the sake of logging in. In the early stages of when we went online for those weekly team meetings, I used to do a... Um, you know, Kahoot quiz, basically an online quiz. Oh, yeah. One of my courses in my master's, they the had one lecturer who did that. Yeah. Interlaced it into a lecture. Yeah, that was quite cool. I did it just as a bit of fun. So we would, mm. but little things like what are the latest, you know, restrictions, you know. I did one because, of course, a lot of my admin staff work for different parts of the business. So, so Western Sydney is just one of the aspects that might for, for other providers. Mm. So I did a, a quiz on the history of Western Sydney University and one of the questions was, did the university uh, bury books? <laughs> <laughs> We're having a bit of a laugh here because uh, I think John has just raised an inside joke that we can hark back to back in our student days. And they all found that question so ridiculous yeah. <laughs> that they all said no. Like it was, if I remember right, the question was that one, you know, this year or, you know, and obviously we're talking about, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. University was donated a, 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 a lot of books. What did they do? Did they, you know, A, bury them in a pit? Yeah. B, did they put them on the library shelves? Um, C, did they give them to students, you know, or D, did they, you know. Did you put it as D? Because that's, you know how it's like when you do multiple choice and it's like D's the ridiculous answer? I didn't. I know I didn't. That's what you could have done. You could have made a D and it's like, ha, surprise. And I got to explain to them that actually this did happen. The university did get a whole lot of books and they decided to bury them, you know, before my time at university. And, and basically most people who were around when that happened are gone. So, you know, the people that made the decision are gone. And they were shocked, right? Yeah. And then I thought, all right, I'll go and check the internet to, to sort of see if there's any history of it out there. Yeah. And there's hardly anything. I found two websites that referenced it. And one of them was there is a rumour that at one stage a university buried books. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Scott Morrison shitting at a Macca's grade type fact in terms of the coverage of it. I love... <laughs> Every time I see someone make a reference to, to shitting himself at Macca's, right? I love it. I love it. But... One of the things about Scott Morrison, right, as far as I understand, was he grew up in the eastern suburbs. Mm. He's a rugby. He was a rugby union boy, right? Mm. And he only started to support Cronulla when he became the local member. Yeah. Which is post the so-called Maccas shitting incident. Because the whole point of the shitting himself at Maccas isn't it that Cronulla lost a game or something. It or was lost, a grand final. Lost a grand final, mm. right? So because he hadn't been a local member yet, mm. he wouldn't have been a fan of Cronulla. Therefore, he wouldn't have been so upset that Cronulla lost that he shat himself at, at 
the Maccas, right? Well, apparently the urban legend goes is that he just had food poisoning, uh, and this was also combined with copious drinking on grand final night. And, um, yeah, uh, he was going on his way to Canberra. There's actually been some quite in-depth analysis of it where they break it down where it's like, here's a geographic map and here's Cronulla and this is where a shark park is. All right, right. And this is the roadway where he needs to follow to get to Canberra. As you can see, intersecting between A and B is actually Engadine McDonald's. So you're, you're actually Googling this to, to verify, Well, this is John. the thing because I'm saying when, when did he... So he, he assumed offers, so... He takes over, he comes the member for Cook in 2007. The first thing I reckon you're going to have to triangulate is when Cronulla had their losing grand final. Isn't that meant to be, all right, well, let's, let's see. I think it was late 90s from memory. Yeah, that's what I thought too. 1997? So grand final was played at Brisbane. In uh, Really? Grand final was played at Brisbane. It might have been the Super League final. Oh, it would. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the future. Yeah, interesting. The Broncos defeated Sharks 26. So one, right, this involves the, the Super League Civil War we're never allowed to speak about. Yeah. Two, that's <laughs> 10 years before he comes a local member. So he's still an eastern suburbs boy supporting rugby. Like, but he wasn't. I think he was a noted staffer at the time. So I think he was just trying. Or was he doing his job working for the the tourist stuff? It wasn't he. You know, we could do research before. I didn't think I was going to find myself talking about that gate. So what we really need, like, to break this down, and obviously we we don't have the capacity to do this right now. Is we really need to know where was he in in 1997, and would he have? any reason to be supporting the Cronulla Sharks. We would need to check member records and yeah. see if he'd be a member of the Sharks at that stage. I, I think there's a huge hole in this. Yeah. I, I, I think he doesn't. I, th I don't think we will find any footage of the Prime Minister as a Cronulla supporter before he becomes a member for, for that electorate in, in 2007. Yeah. But it's awesome, but it's like... I, I challenge your listeners... How many of them are there? I challenge your <laughs> listeners to find footage of the Prime Minister as so that so right. So this is the thing. What what do you think, audience? Lines are now open. Please. <laughs> so he can't come out and deny it because because in some ways this story suggests actually he's been a long term shark supporter. I think part of the 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 story, right? It sounds sounds like something you should be really embarrassed about, but mm. it makes him sound like a diehard you know shark supporter. When I don't think he is, or we well, maybe he is now, mm. but I don't think you know he 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 doesn't. I haven't heard stories about when my dad took me to see the sharks, and you know I knew that I was either going to become two things, captain of the sharks, or you know PM of the country. Mm. Um, I've never heard anything like this, but he's he's definitely played up that that connection to the team, and you know going to the matches and stuff, and. I think what I'm going to have to do is, because um, I have to edit this and I have to um, to put a bit of a bio at the end of it, I reckon I'm going to put one link which um, guides us to a website where there's a real forensic analysis of whether this is an urban myth or urban reality. I reckon I can find such a website, but what I fear is that I might find some sort of like, you know, half-baked QAnon shit. So let's see what I can find. Look, I, I, I know we're going to talk about... about um, what you're doing with the podcast but yeah. might i humbly suggest okay at some stage in the future we should do a thorough investigation into this mm -hmm. okay 
And we should explore it from multiple angles because I, I'm fascinated by this because I think as much as, right, if, if there was a story about you or me shitting our pants, we would really, really, like, you know, be upset about it, right? Like if someone came out and, and, and told a story about five-year-old Johnny that shed his pants, right, I'd probably still be embarrassed, okay? Um, I get a feeling that, that this works for him. This works for him on a certain level and that's why... That's why it, ha- it has a certain life. Yeah, that, that larrikin thing that he's trying to do. Yeah. So I suggest what we do is independently, yourself and I, investigate this. Now, I'm investigating it from the perspective that I think this is not true. I, I think that this is, this, this is made up. Uh, and you can investigate it from the perspective of, well, well actually, there's, there's a lot of evidence out there. Maybe we can you know, come together and, and, and compare and, and between us maybe in an adversarial, not not so much an investigative, maybe more of an adversarial, let, let, let's break this down. Let's find out what's the truth. Okay. You know. Um, it's it, and, I don't know if anyone would want to listen to it. <laughs> and ironically enough, it's probably going to be our most highly researched episode yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have all the, all the promises I've made to you about, <laughs> I'll research this topic. I'll have, we'll have a great conversation. And then you turn up and I go, yeah, I, I, I didn't get a chance. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just talk about Scott Morrison pooping his pants? Like? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's always the fallback. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll put that one on the back burner because we do have a few ideas that we're, we're going to do into the future. I mean, there was that rugby league one. We will do that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe at the start of the season, the next season might be the, the time to do that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that gate, for and against. We, we shall put that on the docket as well. Okay, sounds good. So I guess while we're there, John, shall we do a bit of a reflection upon the series so far? Because we're, we're 13 episodes in. Ooh, Mystic 13. Fucking prong button again. <laughs> you know, it's it's increasingly becoming my bit to do that, but um, it's always good when that stuff happens accidentally, isn't it? It is. So, yeah, Mystic 13th episode, and I'm not going to try that button thing again. 13 episodes into it, uh, I didn't think... Uh, I'm doing these things weekly now, and I, I was thinking, let's just try a couple of episodes and see if um, see if the boy takes to the technology um, and, and doesn't actually do his own Scott Morrison five minutes into his recordings. And, and, and start supporting the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as it's proceeded, it's been it's become weekly. I'm getting used to the technology, although I have had some generally uh, benevolent and uh, generous interviewees that have been very patient with me you know at one point i think one interviewee just basically offered to to log into their zoom account so we could get stuff going on so that was awesome but yeah i think it's been a case of a really big fucking huge gremlin in the first couple of episodes and then the the gremlin has become increasingly smaller yeah look 13 episodes in that that's pretty good i think when i originally did my podcast with dave Probably 10 years ago, I think we got to four episodes and then we stopped. So, yeah, 13 episodes is good. Weekly is good. I mean, you're covering a lot of topics and you're obviously uh, interviewing people and seeing people. I mean, is this heading where you want it to head? Is this Are you, are you touching on the issues that you want to touch on? Well, this is the thing. I've interviewed different types of people and it's definitely made for different ways that things have gone down with each episode. The subject matter has been quite varied. 
I, I do feel that the more episodes I've, I've gotten into it, the more I can construct something of a thread there. For example, I remember when we did our episode on COVID and sport, one happy accident was that we found ourselves talking about NBA and uh, we found ourselves talking about how it really has uh, become assumed some sort of political leadership in terms of what's happening in America at the moment. So, of course, there's that chicken and egg argument that, oh, did COVID inspire a lot of the political activity within America or would it have just happened anyway? But irrespective, it's like NBA has had a hand in it, right? Particularly with the Black Lives Matter stuff. That's kind of carried on in, in later episodes. So I've been able to return to that when um, when I had the, the interview with Ruth, when we had our Trump chat, and when I had my last interview with Dave, when we really got into the nuts and bolts of a contemporary Australian political economy. But that has been something that has prevailed there just and I find that's quite insightful, and I think there's something of good contribution. But it's that fact that you can come up with some something that's relatively insightful, and you can kind of hark back onto that in in episodes without really trying to to drag it out so much. And I'm hoping by doing that, it creates a, a bit of a thread across the issues, or the episodes rather. Sounds interesting. You've been doing this during the COVID pandemic and I think you started it during it. So I think that's going to be a thread that's going to go through. And obviously COVID, the pandemic, the economic effect, everything is um, really exposing a lot of realities. I've always, as a kid, I always had this idea that when I looked back historically on Nazism and and even you know communism and all that it, it always came to me like the problem was people just didn't know people weren't educated and now we're in a world where more people are educated you know information is, is much more readily available mm. and it hasn't solved the problem so there's something else happening um, beyond those two things um, in regards to you know how people structure their lives and how people understand their lives mm. and I think that's a worthwhile project and I think that's that's coming out in this as well I think one thing that's that's definitely benefited from uh, what's happened uh, in the last year or so has been um, the podcast medium. Yeah. So you're seeing all these different projects coming out of the woodwork, um, namely this one, <laughs> and just this actual idea of doing podcasting because there's, there's ways that you can muck around with it that um, that you, I don't think you could necessarily do in other mediums. It's, this kind of feels... It feels like an authenticity when, when doing this sort of thing. And I think it will be taken to, to different lengths in terms of how you use the medium. Because I can think of another example, like video games, right? 70s, 80s, it was just this novelty thing. You put 20 cents into it, you watch the lights, you do all the fancy things with the joystick and the buttons, and it's like, ha-ha, that's it. Once, after the 90s, and uh, we can break this down a little bit more if you like. It became a bit more interactive and then it became that idea of a, a more immersive thing that because of the interactivity of it, it became something more than what you can have with a movie. And there was a value that basically gave video games its uniqueness. That uniqueness as a medium, I think podcasting is going to potentially find in the near future. Clearly listening to podcasts too. Like people want to listen to other people's voices. People want to hear what they think. People want those connections. I mean, for me, podcast is something I used to listen to catching the train to and from work. And now podcast is, is, is something I'll listen to when I go for my walk because I want to do my 10,000 steps a day sort of thing. 
And now podcasts are slipping into that. Actually, I'm going to sit on the couch and listen to a podcast. But just, you know what I mean? Like podcasts used to be something I would listen to while I'm doing something else. Now podcasts are starting to turn into something that I'm doing. As okay. in, I actually want to sit there and listen to a podcast or I know a lot of people who, you know, you've got chores to do, you're going to mow the lawn or whatever, you listen to a podcast. Mm. Like podcast has been that thing you do while you're, while other things are going on. And now I think maybe we're getting to the point that people are going to start listening to podcasts just for, and, and probably they already are, Yeah, you know, sitting there and going, all right, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to spend an hour listening to this podcast. Like you would sit there and, you know, you know, you listen to music. Somebody listen to music while you go do things. But do you remember like when you were a teenager and you would go buy an album and you would go home and you would play it and you would just sit there and listen to it. You wouldn't do anything else. Yeah, because the album in many ways tells a story, doesn't it? Once yeah. all the songs are strung together. So I am trying to wonder um, what would be a good length of episode. Trying to find where the sweet spot is. I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to that are 15 minutes long. They, they come out daily, so I might listen to them, you know, um, or, or 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes long. I, I listen to, I consume them really quickly, but I consume them every day. And if I miss them for a week, I won't go back and listen to them. I'm fine with that, but they don't have that much impact on me, those podcasts. The podcasts that I really enjoy are the longer ones, but they're ones that I listen to. Maybe I go for a walk for 40 minutes and I listen to half that podcast and then Later on, I'll go, oh, I've got that second half of that podcast and, and I'll look forward to it. So I've got a few that do that. I mean, it's hard. Um, I guess it's about how people are consuming them and whether you want people to consume the first half of your podcast and then the second half. I mean, so many podcasts I see out there do part one, part two. Mm. So they'll have part one that comes out and then part two that comes out, you know, three or four days later. For me, it's, it's I've still got a bit of a short attention span. I still don't think I could sit out a podcast that goes for more than an hour. If there is something out there that's more than an hour, I've got to be doing something else if I am going to be stuck listening to it. At the moment, it feels for me like the the good area is between half an hour to 45 minutes. That's a good walk. How many steps do you do in that time, John? I'm a slow walker. Hi, everyone. My name's John. I'm a slow walker. How do we reach out to the slow walkers, John? Uh, so so 40 minutes for me is, yeah, that's a good walk. I, don't, I, I was going to say, I think podcasts, you, you could tail them around a trip to work. You, you can estimate how long a trip to work is. I mean, I'm sure there's data out there and, you know, we could easily find that. But, of course, people aren't travelling to work so much. Seeing how we're in Sydney, though, and because everyone lives in the suburbs and it's basically just like the, the, the standard to, to make a fuck-long trip and nobody wants to go on the trains anymore. Maybe we're looking at this wrong, right? Because I was just thinking, if I like a podcast, I don't care how long it is. If it's a 15-minute podcast, then I'll, I'll listen to the 15 minutes and then there's nothing else, right? Mm. But if it's an hour podcast and I'm enjoying it, I'll listen to the whole thing. Okay. The only issue is if it's a podcast that I think is okay and then I'm listening to it and then one of my favourite podcasts come out, well, then I'll stop listening to the, the hour-long one that's okay. So I think maybe the quality is maybe the bigger factor here rather than the time. All right. So it's not the size that matters, it's what you do with it. Oh, hey. But I think also, too, you're, you're recording these, you're putting them out weekly. So I think if you were doing one every day, right, my, my, my daily one I listen to is 15 minutes, you know, that's fine. I can listen to half, listen to that on a walk and then I can finish off with another podcast sort of thing. 
Uh, but these ones, you're getting them out weekly. You're getting them out pretty quickly once you record them. I mean, part of it is how much energy and time you've got into putting into it. I was thinking about this earlier, right, because I actually have been quite impressed that you did this and I've been very happy that you invited me along because past you, I was a person that always said, yeah, I want to do that, I want to do that. And I would research it on the internet and then never get around to it, right? That's my MO. That's often what I do for most things. Um, but you've done this. You've got your voice out there. I mean, it's one of those things I was thinking about. If you get your voice out there and you talk about these things, is it something, if lots of people are listening or not that many people are listening, does that bother you or worry you or is there an agenda there? Is it something where you're like, I've got this voice and I want to speak or I've got this voice and I want to speak and I want everyone to hear it? I think for me it's been an experience where you master things one at a time. So the lessons that I've learned there is that if I'm going to start up a project, what is the right mix and... For me, it's it's something that I needed to come up with where I could ensure a regularity. And I feel like I've got that. I feel like this has worked. And then the other thing has been trying to master the technology. And I feel like I'm getting there with that. The episodes sound all right. You know, there's the, I don't think there's anything there that's distracting anyone now where, it, oh, the audio's a bit off or, oh, there's crackling sounds that just keep happening that really um, interrupt or distract None of that's there. But I feel like the next step now in terms of the mastery stuff, the next thing to master is um, is being able to come up with a good way to promote this. So that, that's been a bit of a thought in terms of how I should do that. Who's your audience? I don't know. Anyone. That's a very interesting question. Because I think if you're thinking about that promotion aspect, you need to think about who's your audience. But if I can just tangent just for one second, I think all my life I've thought about who's my audience and that stopped me doing it. Like I've had to identify who my, like when I was doing comedy, who's my audience, who am I speaking to? And then when I'm, I'm, I get on Twitter and I don't do anything. I just read other people's tweets because I just don't know who am I talking to? Like, you know, and I really admire people that just don't care about that stuff and just do it. And that's something that, that, I sort of would love to do more of, not care, just do the thing. So what I really like about what you're doing is you're getting your voice out there. Like you're just doing it, you're talking, you're setting up, it's working, clearly some people are listening, but just the doing it. I think I want to do more of the doing myself. Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of got the faith there that if I maintain a regular thing and there's still the output, I think that will attract people later on down the track. And I've, I've resigned the, to the fact that that's going to be a slow burn. And the other thing as well is that I don't really want to go the influencer way. I still like to hold to some lefty idealism there where it's going to be the content that's going to, to get people interested and, and, you know, have them hopefully inform different areas of, or practices of their own life as well. Not to, to become an iconoclast, not to be that influencer where it's like, okay, well, we'll listen to this person because he has all the answers. We will follow that one. I just see a lot of lefties that kind of position themselves like that. I suppose that's the byproduct of, of social media, you know, where in order to, to succeed in it many ways, you, you've got to be that influencer. You've got to become that character, that thing that people just like recognize and that's where you get the, the following don't want to do that. And I, and I can't stand the lefties that have found themselves doing that. 
or were still intended to do that all along. So there's that. But just to, and I mean, this is probably going to be a bizarre example. I, I like that podcast that's done by Michael Rosenbaum. You know, the guy who played Lex Luthor in Smallville? Yeah, yeah, another guy. Yeah. So, I mean, he, oh God, what's the title of it? Because I've been listening to a few episodes um, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. You know, he's, he often does the are you being served type of humor there. Where, oh, who am I going to be inside of this week? But the thing, though, is that he is sponsored by uh, mental health organizations. So it takes a bit of a mental health bent. So when it, he interviews a lot of his colleagues that he's, he's picked up with the shows that he's done over the years. So, you know, it's going to be celebrities that we interview. But it's different in the fact where it, it he does unpack a lot of the stuff that celebrities go through and it kind of humanizes them and that's the appeal and he does it in his own way as well because you would think that he would come across as a bit of a douche by doing that by being a celebrity and it's like okay well we're celebrities we're in our enclosed worlds therefore we have our own enclosed special problems and people are going to adore us for it but keeps it on the level he does it in his own way I think he defies the rules of celebrity in that way. So that, I think that's where I take inspiration in the fact that he's done it his own way. Um, celebrity, yes. He gets sponsored, yes. But uh, what he's essentially doing, there's something there, I think, to admire. Yeah. I think mistakes I've made in not doing things is just thinking too hard. Now, what's my niche? What's my unique take on this? I just think um, there needs to be more focus on just doing it. You know, your audience will find you and also being at peace that, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to talk about what I want. If no one else is interested in it, then fuck you. I don't care. Like, I'll just do it. But sometimes I come across someone who just doesn't give a fuck and is doing something and no one else cares. And in my older age, as I'm getting older, I look at that and go, like, that's fucking brilliant. I love the idea. Like, I know people talk about I don't care what people think, which is usually a good sign that people do care. But when people don't care and they just do the thing that they want to do, man, I really love that. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Because there, there is a lot of podcasts coming out. And there's lots of people talking or whatever. And there's clearly not enough time to listen to them all. I mean, this is the thing that I, I sometimes think about. Like occasionally, I don't do it so much now because I don't have time to. But in my late teens, early 20s, I would specifically not read books by authors that I liked because I was saving them for later in my life. <laughs> and now getting older, I've realised actually nothing's can't take anything for granted. That book that you're planning on reading when you're 55, you should read it now because you may not get to 55. Have you read some of those authors though and it's like, oh, well, this is really just bullshit? Often read things that are bullshit. I think as I've got older, I think more and more things are bullshit. But those authors that you've put off when you're a kid. Like, oh, and then you read them and go, actually, this is really shit. Yeah. Yeah, occasionally. I, I put that down to sometimes when you watch a movie from your childhood and sometimes you find that movie and you go, wow, this movie was that good. This is fantastic. And then you watch that movie, especially TV shows, man. Some of the TV shows I thought were fantastic, like Buck Rogers and original Battlestar Galactica, right? I've watched them later and I went oh, man, I've bought the DVD going, oh, and saying to people, you know, I love this when I was, like, 11. This would be great, da, 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 and I think I'm going to sit there and enjoy it. And I start watching and I go, oh, man, I, I'm not I'm not even going to get to disc two. This is, this is terrible. Yeah, I, that 
for that reason, I've I've kind of resisted the the urge to binge watch Knight Rider. I don't think that show would hold up now. Yeah, the good example, right? Mm. Occasionally, I've I've found that book that I saved and I've read it and went, ah, it's not that good. But I guess as I've got older too, I've, I've discovered more and more authors that I like. But I've realised there's not enough time to read all the books I want to read. I'll go to my grave, missing out on on reading books. But then, you know, I'm not going to know about it. <laughs> One thing that that I, I do want to tr- to work towards here, and uh, I think I touched upon it when I was in my last episode with Dave Eden, was that I am trying to paint a picture with very gradual strokes. I could be trying to present eventually a, a picture of class. Class changes, it always recomposes, but um, we're never really around to try to find out exactly what it looks like because we're always harking back to older texts and yeah. trying to work out how the older texts are relevant to now and often the twain won't meet. Despite the fact that you've got those lefties that will do their best to try to crowbar everything within the ideology, but, you know, I digress. But that's one thing I'd like to try to do with the episode, try to each do an episode where it's like I know that I'm adding a brushstroke and and also that idea of contributing to something where whether it might be just dialogue or or trying to talk about the things that really needed to be talked about and again it will be that idea of it being a, a slow burn I think and as you you get the you rack up the episodes I think a, a thread might prevail that the audience may or may not buy into but I'm not going to sweat over that but anyway, John, I, uh, I think um, there's a few things that we've put on the docket. In our future episodes, we can talk about the, the Wolverine podcast. We can talk about the Bunnies in the Rugby League. We think we can talk about wrestling kayfabe, if I've got the terminology <laughs> correct. I would love for us to talk about wrestling and politics at some stage. Okay. Um, whether <laughs> Just... But we can. I think one of the, originally we we talked about it. Maybe we should get back to this. All these other things we wanted to talk about pop culture and, yeah. and talk about yeah. the political meaning and stuff. We'll, we'll make a bit of a docket. But next one, we better study up, John. So I've got to listen to this Wolverine podcast to start with. Season one and two, please. Season one or two. That, that is, all right. I will. Great. Okay. Well, I've given you some homework, John. So you get cracking. But in the meantime, for you listeners out there. Farewell, so long, goodbye.